Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here. We are broadcasting KMA Talk Radio, episode number 434 here from sunny South Florida. And as always, on every fine Saturday morning, I'm here with my gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and none other than the man they call the goat, Alex Tavella. Good morning. Good morning. Alex, Alex pushing through. Feeling a little under the weather today. A little bit. A little bit. A lot bit. Yeah, Carmine, I was going to say. Carmine, yeah. Carmine sounded like he came home and uh, passed passed on everything to everybody. Yeah, Carmine did the old, you know, the old kindergarten thing. Whatever. You wow. know, I, I want to find patient A. Who's the son of a bitch that sent their sniffling, coughing, shitty, sick kid to school to get all the other kids sick? Which now I'm sick, the baby's sick, everybody's sick. Who's patient A? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Poor guy. He came he, in. The kid's he, home. He came in last night. He was looking rough. But I muscled through. It was a nice stack I handed you. It was. It was. <laughs> we're making some progress, man. We are, we are yeah, we're seeing, close. We are seeing light at the end of the tunnel for Operation Warehouse or Bust. So. Do you have a timeline? Like, when do you think? Well, we actually set a hard date yesterday. Oh, good. All right. So you have something to work towards. It's it's happening regardless. There's no working towards. <laughs> yeah. It's literally yeah. warehouse or bust at this point. Yeah. I mean, look, with projects like this, I mean, we kind of get used to it at the Great Smoke, you know. You get to a point where this is the date, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you have to understand, too, is our shipping area that's currently here. Um, is coming apart because we need more workstations. We hired two people. We got nowhere for these guys to even work. So um, we got in touch with the contractor, finally got back to us today, and we set the date where they're going to come in and gut this back room, and the next day come in and install all the workstations. So we have a hard wow. date. So it's going to happen no matter what. So if, if we start getting close and you notice that we're all still working at 3 or 4 in the morning, you know <laughs> the date's coming Right. coming up but yeah we're listen we had this game plan where we because you know it's very it, a lot of this now the, the hard labor of putting stuff away in the warehouse is pretty much done you know with with the stuff of that was a lot of stuff bro with the i know stuff, but in retrospect that was the easy it wasn't a, a lot of well know, it, 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 it was a lot less head labor and a lot more physical labor but you know that stuff putting those shelves apart uh, all together was a yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. But you know that that was done, and now it's literally the manual entry of every. It's not just it's not just every new SKU or every new company we ordered. Everybody that we every every single item that we currently carry now has to have a designated shelf area. So 
There's a lot of data entry. We've all now know, learned how to work the back end of the of the website and know a little HTML. And, um, you know, that's really the hard part. So we've been churning with your stack, and we, we have a hard time doing it during the day because there's so much regular business going on. So right, you're running a business still. Yeah. Normally. So we, we sit here all day and we actually like work like two hours on an eight hour day, 10 hour day of actually on this stuff. So Wednesday, we decided Wednesday, Thursday and Friday that uh, the boys would come in at like five, six o'clock and we worked till two in the morning after shipping and everybody closed. So that's what we've been doing the last three days. Um, but, you know, I've slept probably eight, nine hours in the last three days. So gonna catch up on some sleep this weekend but including it too i mean it's been a, it's been a a series of calamities i mean italo had a heart attack the first night literally um i've been i was sick the next two yeah he <laughs> literally had to pass out in the office for two hours just to I, get some semblance of sleep in two listen, hours wake me, wake me up on. at eight i was like this i woke up and all three of them were standing at my desk <laughs> they're like, <laughs> literally they're, they're like so they're, they're like, dude just take a nap I, you know, shut the lights, take a nap. And I said, dude, don't let me sleep past 8 p.m. And sure enough, 8.30, they, they let me sleep. 8.30, a customer accidentally walked in my office, woke me up. Thought it was the bathroom. <laughs> he walked in, he goes, whoop, sorry. I'm like, oh, you're good, man. I need to wake up. But um, he, listen, I'm pretty sure that guy probably just thinks now I just sleep all day in here. Right, this is what the guy is. I'm yeah, sure. Hard work. Work. Uh, look at this big boss back there. Yeah. All right. So that was um, you during the West Palm build out. You were you weren't sleeping towards the end there. I remember seeing you at the at the barber shop. Listen to me, that's me in the chair. That's me during the great smoke. I mean, when you make a deadline, you make a deadline, man. Sleep becomes secondary, you know. But we, we these guys did a good job putting a good dent in it, um, and we're we're almost home. So um, I really think that we got a good hard date. I think we're gonna, we're going to make it. I know we're going to make it, and uh, it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> it, Tim, if they had a Slim Jim, they probably would have. But um, no, we're excited about it, man. I think it's gonna it's gonna change uh, the way we do business with our with our patrons all over the country. So I'm very very excited about it. Now you you where? We, first off, I have to ask because every week is part of the story. What's with the background? Zoom in on his background. Let's see it. Alex, yeah, blow yeah, it up. So, I'll put a big screen. So today. We are at uh, Villa de Roma restaurant in South Philadelphia, kind of at the tail end of the Italian market, 9th Street. I know, uh, I think it was Craig just asked me if it was Ralph's. This was not Ralph's. Villa de Roma was also featured in The Irishman, the awful mob movie uh, that came out a couple years You didn't ago. like it? Awful. Mm. Awful. To me, maybe, um, maybe it was just COVID, but I think all shows look good to me during COVID. True, it was. It was. I didn't hate it, but it's one of the few movies that I didn't like finish watching because I was like, eh. well, because it was fucking eight hours long. Of course, you didn't finish yeah, watching it. Was, it. it was, what else you were doing? It was COVID. You're such a quitter. Uh, Listen, I didn't. I yeah, didn't like the Irish. It was a little close I, to home, so I was. And those guys are old. Fucking Robert De Niro is old. Al Pacino is old. Those guys are old, man. Listen, let me tell you something. I saw Robert De Niro a couple times in person when I worked at Tiffany and Company on Fifth Avenue. The guy is an awkward MFer. Like he is strange, awkward, frail. Like he he walks around like he doesn't talk to any of the sales associates. I was helping him and his wife 
at the time. And he never spoke to me, never said one word. His assistant, who was this flamboyant, like, well, Mr. De Niro would like, uh, never right. spoke to him once. His wife came back in and came to me. She she asked for me and she bought him cufflinks that we engraved with his kids' initials on them. But he he is a strange dude, man. Like nothing, at least the little bit of interaction I had with him, nothing like what you see on screen. But I guess that means he's a good actor. You're I muted, Abe. Yeah, it shows he's muted. I can't unmute you because you muted yourself. There you go. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, being awkward or strange or eccentric is just goes hand in hand with being in Hollywood, I guess. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Well, listen, mean, you know, Al Pacino, same thing. I mean, that guy would re realistically, he'd rather be playing uh, fucking King Richard than, uh, you know, Michael Corleone or all that other shit. These guys are like thespians and, you know, artsy fartsy fucks. He he did it right, didn't he? Do he did yeah, some, yeah, some show yeah. on Broadway and like produced it himself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was cool to be able to to help him, but he was he was weird. But he is old man. It's and it's strange growing up with him. You know, watching the movie, seeing like an old man now. But he's definitely an old man. Yeah, the Irishman was like the decrepit gangster movie. <laughs> <laughs> The, the 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 Metamucil mob. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the Metamucil mob does so a Paul, lot for his community, though. Paul, you're in Georgia. Yeah, I'm in Georgia. Did yeah, you stop I mean, at Disney? Uh, Was that like you went to Disney World and then just kept going, or? No, my uh, my sister in law had her baby early, so my wife wanted to come up and help, and we weren't going to stay at their place, so we uh, were on Jekyll Island. Just about ten minutes away from them, and so you, uh, got a, you bought a you nice bought hotel. your two babies. You bought your two babies over there with her babies to help her with her baby and your two babies. No, no, no. They're here. They're here at the hotel with us. Oh, uh, but my wife's been over there every day. I've been working. Actually, I got to be honest. We we lucked out because with COVID, we're just racking points in like crazy, and I'm not using them for flights. Usually, we use our points for flights. So I was like, you know what? I mean, we're not in like a fancy hotel or anything. It's a home two suites, but it's huge and it has an office and it has a separate bedroom and it's it's like an apartment for us. So we've been we've been chilling here on points. So we'll leave. Uh, I don't know if we leave Sunday or Monday, something like that. We'll be here for like five or six days. But uh, yeah, it's nice. Sure. Listen, man, I, I'm sitting with an ocean view, watching uh, doing KMA. It's not bad. <laughs> what did he say? You see the Asher guest appearance? James strolling in. And strolling <laughs> it was my son's birthday this week, so um, he wanted he wanted a crab boil for dinner. Oh, yes, so, that's my boy right there. Yeah, so I bought him with me today. We're gonna go buy some seafood and, and stuff after work. So he just he just strolled nice. in behind the camera. We we was gonna invite Alex and the gang, but we don't want your germs around the house. I just said no. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, man, I wanted. I, wanted, I was talking to my wife this morning. I, said, I want to tell them to come over because you know, Car Alex's son Carmine and Ash are like best friends. I'm like, I want to invite them, and man, but they're like German infested right now. Nah, yeah, we just stayed home. We just stayed home. They were Facetime the other day much, with them on his birthday. How no. much does everybody freak out now when your kid has a sniffle? Though, right? It's like such a like kids can't get a sniffle. Everybody's like, they, did they have a COVID test? Listen to me, we don't. I, I don't freak out. I mean, Alex, you know. Head wasn't feeling well, but you know he's already had COVID and, and whatnot. People, yeah. people do, and people, recently, not that long people, ago. No. People just forget. People get sick. 
it's not like the it's not like every other illness in the world disappeared and the only one right. that exists is covid so yeah you know. oh, we had it too it went through our house all the kids in his class in, in axel's little preschool class all were sick the same two days and uh half of them got tested for covid and they didn't have it so we were like yeah we're not testing him then he's good <laughs> but it I went mean, through our family too i mean there's definitive signs you know if you lose your taste or smell right, or your right. fever or, you know but otherwise there are just still colds out there they're still happening but still leave yeah, your still fucking kids home if they're sick yeah i mean that's the one thing leave i mean kids yeah cold yeah. then you gotta watch them. It is. leave them home then, then then you gotta watch them man then it's a whole thing and you're still like All that right. and you know what? a few hours a day you know what paul sadly that's where you're on point they 100%. would rather they would rather send their kid to school ill than have to worry about watching him or sending him to daycare, or you know, whatever. They, they would or just figure it out. Right. Daycare. Yeah, then, 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 yeah, they'd rather send him to school. They don't that's, care about other other kids. No, that's that's what's really bad. Yeah. What that's else we got bad. going on this week? Anything else? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, oh, how was last night, man, with the ruffians? Let oh, me tell yeah, you, you did an event, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, look, we've, we've been putting in long hours, and look, we've gotten such cool things. You know, I made a post yesterday on Facebook. Um, somebody, somebody, I'm hearing feedback from my own voice through one of your guys's thing, I think. Oh, there he is. It's, Al- so, it's probably Alex. Alex is, is not in the same room. but it's Because he has his speaker on. Why well, oh, are you okay. getting, do you hear feedback, Paul? Yeah. From me, yeah, I think so. When when we talk, we hear our come. own voice. I, I just I, start, I just picked it up now. What about um, now? Well, I gotta say something. No, I don't hear it anymore. So uh, so last so last night. Um, well, first off, uh, you know, we all been put in late hours, and our, our our I made a post yesterday. We we have like really the best patrons in the world. I mean, we got this huge care basket from one of our socialites, Kevin Cor- Corbles, and it was. Mm-hmm. Huge. I posted a picture of it in the smoking social page. It was monstrous. I saw it. I saw and, it. And, and you know, they're just thanking us for our hard work. And we love doing it because we got fans and customers like this. And and you know, that's what makes it worth it because we got such awesome people who appreciate it. And we that makes us love doing it. I mean, no one loves slaving away hours, but it just makes it all worth it. So um big thanks to, to Kevin and all the other guys out there who are constantly showing their love and thanks and support. But you know, we've been here the last three nights, so I ended up having the the, the ruffians, which which are, are really a, a, a national group. They got chapters all over the place, big group. And uh, Mitch Rockwell, who, who's the president of the chapter down here, um, they do this annual herf, and and they normally do it in another cigar shop. And I just found this out last night that I have appeared on their weekly herf more than any other person in the cigar industry. So now, the shop, you mean? No, me, me personally as a guest, I've been on uh, their on their thing. So they they they're, they're talking about like last night, like if we make it a fifth time, they're going to give me a jacket, like they do on Saturday Night Live when you've been on the show five times. So um, I got to know the guys really, really good. And this year they made instead of just doing a one day event, they made it a two day, and they did it at our store in Port St. Lucie. And all these guys I've gotten to know in the last year and a half who I've only met in like square pictures about that big got to meet in person, which was very, very cool. And, um, 
they came from all over the country. I mean, they really did. New York, uh, Texas, um, a couple other states I can't remember right now. But I, first off, I was it's an hour drive from here. I had worked all day on six hours sleep over two days. I was I had to call Brandy because I was really dozing off, you know, but trying to get there. But by the time I got there, they were lively. They were a great group. We had a really, really good time with the ruffians. And um, I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. I hope they do it again next year. But it was it was it's always cool when you get to know people like like Tom and Michelle, you know, in Alaska, where you get to know them on social media and then you finally meet them face to face. So you're coming um, soon, right? Yeah, October a bust around the corner, sneaking up on us. Yeah. I gotta so, I gotta come out there to meet them. For yeah, sure. Well, just just put in your time off request with Stephanie now. So you know <laughs> Put in your time off request with Mickey now. Yeah, with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any Disney in October. But Maybe yeah, towards I, the end. We had, we had a good event last night with the Ruffians. It was actually a really, really good time. It was nice. And and then I drove back here after the event. These guys were churning away. They got a lot of work done. I, I started working for a while, and then, you know, everybody started hitting the wall at about 1 o'clock. We called it a night, maybe. Oh, wow. There's only so much t- time you could look at numbers on a screen, and, and you know, right. I, I, your eyes. When your you eyes when, start when, to hurt. when you close your eyes at night, do you see the back end of Xcart? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I close my yeah. eyes. I see the back end of the yeah the software. Oh my god! No, it's brutal. But it'll be over soon. Yeah, we've been here before. I, I think I, I think every store, West Palm, Boynton, it's always like this. You know, we'll get through it, and it's gonna be badass. We're very, very, very excited about it. So big thing that's big awesome thing. man i'm excited yeah. i can't wait to see it yeah ed galinsky was there and i got a fast eddie sticker dude i got a whole bunch of stickers i got this thing this thing you're not gonna be able to see through this humidor um <laughs> very soon but no it was it was, a, it was a good time it was a really good time it was great to hang out with the boys but it's gonna be that time let's see here well, I guess we should just jump on and meet your maker, see what's going on. First right. time first time guest. I love when we have first time guests on here. Yeah, it's exciting. Yep. All right, let's, here we go. Let's, let's, I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Joining us today, a true boutique cigar company. Tarazona creates premium long-leaf handmade cigars, each rolled to the highest quality by masterful rollers. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on KMA, Eddie Tarazona of Tarazona Cigars. Welcome, Eddie. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. What's up? How's it going? No, I'm not. I, I had the pleasure of literally meeting Eddie. I mean, formally meeting. I mean, we may have run into each other. I, I don't recall, but I think I had the pleasure of formally meeting him poolside yeah <laughs> poolside at, at the Everybody, uh, everybody's families and all that yep at the venetian hotel yeah we, we had a big group and and he was mm-hmm. there with his partner and their wives and their kids and uh, we actually hung out by the pool i can't i can't say i remember too much of that conversation because i was double fisting pina coladas <laughs> at the time everybody the, was the pool bar closes like at five o'clock or who closes a pool bar at five in the afternoon they want you in to go vegas. in vegas yeah so That's literally like we had was... we had them all lined up mm-hmm. at the edge of, of the of, of the pool i just double fisting like three rounds yeah. and that 
the, the, the waitress, she kept on showing up, showing up. She was great. She was awesome. That, it's just that's, that, what a, um, that's what a hundred dollar tip will do. Yep. <laughs> she she made off good. Yeah, I gave her a hundred bucks. Well, first they wouldn't let us rent the cabanas, and they you know they had the baby, so they needed a place for you know we wanted to rent one of those poolside cabanas. You know, they were they're all empty. They're all empty. Look, we got kids, <laughs> guys got kids. We, we just want a place in the shade we can put our stuff down, whatever. So I literally, the girl was walking by, I gave her a hundred dollars. I said, "Listen, we're just gonna put our stuff in here. They got a baby, whatever, and just keep coming." We, we bar closed at five, and that girl hooked us up. She kept coming around, round, round, and that, I got I got pretty sloshed in that hour and a half. Wow! But that clubhouse, that clubhouse that was right in front of us, we were all talking as it went on, uh, as as the day went on. We're like. Can you imagine what we could do with that right there? I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, who, who get after a certain time, they just won't do it. And they mm -hmm. close it at five. I mean, why? I mean, they want you to go inside and start gambling. That's what it is. They don't want people no, hanging out poolside. Right. So, they want the free money, oh, not money they got to give you goods for. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. so being that I probably got drunk and can't remember half the conversation we had, this is like doing it for the first time all over again. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Eddie. Tell us a little bit about about yourself, man. I mean, what did you do, right. and you know, and how did you end up getting in this lovely business that we call the cigar industry? Well, from Miami, Florida, moved down there what about four years old. But being of Cuban descent, not like it was really any going to be any different in life. <laughs> um, Were you born in Cuba? No, no, no. I was born in Patterson, oh. New Jersey. Okay, so you moved Patterson, down to Miami at four. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was four years old. We moved down, and it, it, um, yeah, so moved down. Of course, Miami changes shortly after that, big time. And, and I mean, it is what it is. It's a Miami living, but end up graduating, went off to college up to Liberty University on a full scholarship, and, and I really didn't want to go to Liberty at first. Um, I, I wanted to go way out west. It was either University of Wisconsin or Pepperdine, because it just oh, it just want always want to get away for college. But um, they gave me full scholarship. My mom goes, "You're going to Liberty." And that's all right. I went, fell in love with a beautiful area in the Blue Ridge Mountains, it, and it was exactly what I wanted in a college—just an enclosed campus. Uh, my brother went to George Washington University, and I just hated the way the the, the college and city—it it was just—it just blended. And, um, so I ended up graduating from college. I get a great job. My brother found this advertisement for Ferguson Enterprises and the paper. They're hiring management training programs. Good thing is they're headquartered out in Newport News. They're, they're North American headquarters. They're a huge multinational company under Wolseley. I get the job. I go to the interview, get the job, <clears throat> making about, excuse me, making about what? Right out of college, about $85,000 and benefits and everything else. Wow. So it was a good life. Until about six months later, recession hits. They come to me and say, hey, look, we don't want to get rid of you. You're bilingual. Because uh, they have a lot of places in small towns, too. Where a lot of the contractors or that they hire subcontractors, they speak Spanish. So they go, we would like for you to move to North Coco. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. Lynchburg was already small enough for me, you know, yeah. coming from Miami. I, I really wanted to go back home because um, um, they had a huge um, utilities division in Pompano Beach, which was great. 
back home, Miami. They go, no, we want you to go to North Cocoa Beach. And all I'm thinking about North Cocoa Beach is a smaller town than Lynchburg, Virginia. So that was already pushing it and retirees. <laughs> I'm going to fit in just great. And I told them, <laughs> hey, look, um, let me let me reach out to the pump because at the time with the recession, I love the way this comes. And in six months, I learned a lot about business. I loved how they operated. Their local franchise, well, what they would call a franchise, though still part of the company, um, not a real franchise. The managers, the GMs, they called um, vice presidents or president of that location. It was a lot of autonomy. Um, they would teach their management, and that's the program I'll to, you know, be proactive, really almost make decisions on your own. Of course, in this case, for me, chain of command. So I, so I went to managers of the San Juan location, which was also utilities and the Pompano and understand the reason I wanted to get in utilities, the money. You got to understand mm -hmm. things, people, the city's buying all that. And, and a lot of that had to do with your pay <laughs> commission on top of whatever money you're making. <laughs> so that's a lot. Um, but anyway, they both said no because they couldn't know the recession. And I ended up getting back with them another meeting. And they say, okay, well, you have two weeks to make your decision. The neat thing, they operate like a European company. You know, you have two weeks. I put in my two weeks that next day. <laughs> so I had two wow. weeks of vacation. Then I had the two weeks to make my decision. And then they, but they did offer me an eight month severance package at almost okay. the same thing I was already making. Okay. Uh, roughly about 80%. <laughs> I, I, I realized at that point, I did not. I didn't want to work for anybody else. Actually, going to college, I either would do one or two things. Cigars was third, but a distant third. Um, so you actually you thought into about? Cigars? Yeah, you actually thought about oh, cigars. Yeah. Really? Okay. I was 15 years old when my. Wow. So the first thing I ever wanted to do, and I, I, as far as I can remember, I was 12 years old. I wanted to go to law school or be a legislator, but I, I love getting around rules. Now, 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 and legally. So my dad, my parents were uberly strict. I mean, just big time strict. And in our home, it wasn't the only way you could get away with an ass whooping. I mean, a real ass whooping. I mean, because they didn't hold back. Make your case. Make your case. And this was how it was every day, every night. And if you could make a strong case, the only strong case you could make was for, for your grades. A C, that was, that was, that was, that was death. I mean, forget it. My dad, I'd be, I would hide under the bed. I, I was day, a dad to that argument a couple times in my life. Yeah. I, I um, had to bring home progress report. Seize wow. these. I said, I lost it. Well, guess what? I got the hell beat out of me for losing it. And I still have to bring a progress report home with the bad grades. So, well, I never lost it again. I said, just, it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> but, um, 12 years old law or legislature, some, some, some in politics, but I didn't want to be just like, a, not like career politician lobbying or a real job. Cause I always thought that, that even, even that young, um, I was always surrounded about around business, even though we didn't grow up with much, but like my granddad, he had a successful company and I loved the way it operated and politicians don't. I can't believe I. What did your, I, grand, I, I what did your granddad do? Um, he um he made um fire doors from scratch. Oh, metal fire doors.
from scratch, and, and especially down in South Florida, well, all over the country, but South Florida, he was crushing it because of um, you, you, we have the salt there and all that. Doors corrode, so he'd make the doors, and especially for the whether it's an engine room or you know HVAC mm -hmm. rooms, he'd make the louvers from scratch. Everything they have to be fire graded. So I started working with him around 12, 13 years old around this heavy machinery, which now I think about, I'm like, what, <laughs> what were my parents thinking? Just let us work there. But my brother before me, <clears throat> my brother probably even started before that. But I, le I learned a lot about business and about just being direct, it, it, just being direct. What you say is what you say. Just get it done. Don't sugarcoat it. My granddad was like that old school Navy guy, you know, yeah, World War II, Korean War, and um, but I lost, so I ended up losing the job. Well, getting laid off, and um, what do I do? And I started thinking. I mean, seriously. And now I have a family. If I didn't want to go back to school, I, I really did not. And I also have to pay for school and law school. <laughs> that was going to cost a bit. Then football. I love college football. Um, and I love coaching, just, just right. teaching, which I did for a while. Okay, um, I taught I, I taught civics, um, go, uh, appropriate for me. Um, so you thought you were going to go back to school? You're going to go teach? No, 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 no. Like to, uh, for law school. Yeah. And but then I ended up <clears throat> a you friend of me, mine. You, you threw me off with the football and the coaching. Oh, that was the second thing I I, I would have wanted to do as a career: college football. Coaching college football. Oh, love it. Love. Yeah. I, love I know, football. but how do you get a job coaching college football? Don't you guys start well, no, out coaching high school coach. football? No. You know, you know, growing up in South Florida, guys, I mean, there's it's it really it's it comes down to nepotism. Okay. Uh, in that world, big time. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends and I went off to school, okay, getting ready to play football, but you know, I got kicked out of liberty, so probably about three times. <laughs> Oh, Liberty wow. University. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. So, yeah, they don't play with the rules there. No, I end up losing my scholarship. But the the reason I kept on going back, quit. You can't quit. That was just ingrained in me. And I know people say, just go back home, go to Miami Dade. You know, get your two years. And no, I I just had to. And one did, day, um, I got. Did I miss to. this? Did you say you had a scholarship? Yeah. For. Nothing. Uh, um, oh. The the guy for um, I didn't know if maybe you played football or not. No, no, no. So I got in to walk on, to walk on, <clears throat> made it and all. But then my grades, I get called. I get called to the um, um, I would, I would call him a comptroller, but really that's what they were calling it at the time for NCAA. And he goes, Eddie, I'm sorry, you can't be on the team. <laughs> I'm like, why? Your grades. I'm like, who cares about grades? But um, I was—I'll be honest with you—I was not ready for college. You know that 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 structured system. In a way, uh, you so, know. So now you you, you get you get laid off. What what do you do next? So now you have this severance package that'll last you for a little bit. Do you just automatically home. say like the crazy idea, like, oh, what the hell? I'll just start a cigar <laughs> company. Because I knew I'd be in control of it. Yes. Law you, school, did you, you grow up around cigars? Were you, would you, was your father, yeah, your grandfather, were they into cigars? No, 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 not, not, not so much family. My dad actually was, my dad lost it. 
<laughs> said, Oye, papi, I'm going to start a cigar company. And he went off in Spanish. You went off to college. You did this. You're smart. You're I'm like thinking, I promise you. And, and I, I told him this. And not a promise like, dad, I promise you that. No, I said, trust me. You trust me? And you know that look like. <laughs> and I go, I promise you, if this doesn't pan out, I'll go to law school. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it because I have to do something at that point after I mean, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't work out. And um, it took a while so that I could start putting food on the table, but um, it panned out. And I love it today. I'll, I'll t uh, just that little story right there between my dad and I. Um, he's like one of my biggest fans, you know, sharing, oh, yeah, and, and all his kids. My dad is a he, – he, I think my father is a, a thousand times better dad today. Than he was us growing up and, and not not an instructional he taught us so much but i think the patience level he had was <laughs> wasn't there today so what year do you actually start the company the idea and start getting everything started was in 2001 and we started rolling out summer of 2002. Okay. the reason i got into it and the reason cigars was was third when I was 15 years old, my brother comes home from college. Now, remember, uh, so, of course, we're in Miami, 8th Street, El Credit. My brother's going down to Miami. Um, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't just go into a shop and get cigars. He would go down to 8th Street and have them make them, and he'd go pick them up. Okay? So he, go, he, he, starts, going to, he starts going to El Credito. For a few folks that you know, you go make it and all. Sure, for and people course, who don't know what that was, that was Ernesto Perez Carrillo's factory. Yeah, and that's where uh, okay. Okay. that's where La Gloria Cubana was being rolled mm -hmm. when he was still doing it all just in Miami before he opened up his Dominican factory. Mm -hmm. Was El Credito Cigars, which I find very cool because that same little factory after Ernesto sold and 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 uh, General acquired the brand was where El Rey de los Habanos became, which ended up being uh -huh. the bean. So if you want to get in the cigar business and want to make your own cigars, I suggest you find that place <laughs> and start there. Because the, the, the streak is good there. It, no, a lot of history. And I guess I was just fortunate, you know, coming from Miami. But um, this day, he goes, hey, I'm going to go get some cigars. So I'm thinking we're going to El Credito. No, we go to a place called South Beach Cigars. And it was there that it really hit me. This could be a career. I met this little old Cuban guy. He was one of their rollers, and really the, I guess, the manager there um, with their little, with their team, with the um, torcedores, the rollers. Anyway, go to shake his hand, leaving. Thanks, nice meeting you. And it was when I shook his hand, little old guy. Now I'm five four. Okay. This guy had to be all about 5'2", frail. But you shook his hand, he would have broken you in half. I mean, wow. And something kinda, behind you. Know, like Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little taller than 5'2", but not much. He was, he was worn. <laughs> and he left an impression on me. But not just that. Everything about where I was living, the times I was living, it really came to me. It, when I, I never thought about the... The, the, the Cuba exile Castro issue until I met that man looking frail, worn. He, he couldn't have been older than 55, but you would have thought he was almost 70. 
And it, 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 it was, it left an impression on me. And that's when I said, I could probably do this. Well, lose the job and <clears throat> that was it. I said, I'm going to start, I'm going to use this money to go back home and just start learning. Just start learning. Okay. Start traveling. And that's how it came about. So like anything, you find a way to get in it. You have to learn. You apply yourself. Here it is. A lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of thoughts of, am I doing the right thing? A lot of times of like, man, <laughs> um, there, there've been, there've been some low points, but I hate quitting. I just hate quit. That, that, that word just doesn't jive well with me. So you just got to keep on. Well, it's been fun. It's been, and I've learned, a, I'll tell you, I've learned a lot of life, but, and I've had a lot of life. I've had a lot of experience. Otherwise, then, well, I never would have had it otherwise, I think. So here I am. So that's how Arizona actually got started. It, I had to do something. And those are, those are really my three passions in life. Okay. And being on the water. Okay. So really four. So fishing, you like your fishing? Politics you like and law. Fish? You I like, like to fish, fish in the water I'm the or fisher. Oh, okay. Well, um you know what more fresh water or a little more inland um I'd like to I I I'd like to get better going out a little bit more on the boat while I'm like okay <laughs> cuz I, I just don't always have enough time to get out there and learn okay especially on the boat. But um you have to learn about fishing pole boat. It, it, I'm the story of the day, probably about several months ago. No, 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 you can't buy that. Where are you going to go? Well, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit offshore. No, 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 not that fishing pole. Why? That's for fresh water. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how long, how long has the brand been around? Um, 19 years, going on 20 years. Well, 20 years officially, but rolling cigars, I put in them out 19, uh, 20, uh, 19 years, 19 years, excuse me. The Terrazona brand has been yeah. around 19 years. Yeah. Wow. We, you know, we were we we were always we've always been very strong, more southeast southeast, mid Atlantic to Texas, okay, and and a few in the Ohio River Valley. I had never pushed South Florida, and uh, now we do. I mean, because you know, we don't have a choice now. But it was just always that way, and and. Always going. I'll, I'll just go with Miami. It was always hard because everybody just they knew it all. And I'm like thinking, hold up, I've been doing this for a while. I don't know it all, but everybody was always trying to know it all, and it's always it's 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 like a <laughs> an uphill battle. And I'm like, why work this hard when I know I could go to Delaware Cigars and <laughs> well, Gary Gary's not there at the time. Uh, Gary was there at the time, but Gary gives me a seventeen thousand dollar order saying, "Hey, good to see you. Get out of my store." <laughs> why deal with all that? So work, work, work smarter, not harder. That's just the way we've seen it. And but you guys now, even dis you guys now, even despite the pandemic, I mean, there's there's been stories that have uh, that have been released, press releases. You guys have kind of doubled down on hiring, right? Like you have mm -hmm. you have a senior vice president of sales and marketing, mm -hmm. and I mean, Willie, tell us about that. Why why the expansion now? Why the, why the push now? Would that be Willie Morante? Willie Morante. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. And that's a very, so that's on me. There was a time, well, I was living in Virginia at the time. Okay. But, well, part-time going back and forth. And I never, I wanted to grow up until a certain point because of the responsibility. 
but I was sitting here at my desk. This is the same table here that I use. It's the kitchen table I use as a desk. Okay. I start so not to get all philosophical and all. One of my favorite stories is the parable of the in the Bible. The, the you have the the man with the three servants, right? He gives them money. He he gives them each shekel of money, whatever it is. And um, the first guy goes out, you know, multiply five times. The other one two times, and the last one. What does he do with his talents? He puts it in the ground. And I'm sitting here one day, and I, one of the things I really can't stand is when people waste their talent. Okay, it, it's just it's a pet peeve of mine. If you've got talent, you use it, you exploit, you do, you do all you can with it because we all have a talent. And he puts it in the ground because he was afraid to lose, okay, his master's talents. And of course, he gets scolded, the whole thing. And I'm sitting here, you know, looking at what I'm doing. And I realized I was wasting my talents. Who am I to say how much I want to grow? If you can't, I don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get all right. So you didn't want to grow the company too big because of the responsibilities involved with it. Right. So you had this, you had this revelation that like, if it's, if the company's going to, going to grow, we should let it grow. It's, we should flourish. It's we should just let okay, it do so its someone, thing. Someone needs to explain this mentality to me because like Skip Martin lo loves to exist in this universe. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring him up. I knew you were going to bring him up when we said that. But because look, I mean, look, I was right. born, I was born to work. All I ever want to do is keep improving and, and being better at what I do. And the, 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 un, deniable result of that is growth who in their right mind gets in their own business and says i don't want to, this company to grow i want to run it in a way that keeps it small now, now don't get me wrong don't let that confuse with growth affecting the quality of your business which mm -hmm. happens in mistake mistakes that a lot of business people do so that you know they if growth affects the quality of how you do business that's devastating but I literally hear this from people. They'll say, oh, I just wanted to keep it small. I didn't want to go. I just, why? Why, why do you, you know, get in the me, business? Because for me, then I just go work for somebody. No, no. You know, why you would why, you in my case, for yourself and then say, yeah, I want to keep this small? In my case, I really think part of it was, you know, when I went up to Virginia, I, I got set in this mentality. Everything is really, you know, just comfy. I, I can't. Lead back. When I, when I, yeah. When I moved back home full time. I started saying, man, I missed this. And then I said, screw it. You, you've got something here. And I, I guess I always almost look at it if, if that, that kind of attitude um, and it really you know, disgusts me. I'm like, you're, you're, wasting, you're wasting what you've got. You don't let it stop. You've been given these talents. Make, make five times. Make six times. Like the first guy. Why be the, the second guy? And that's when everything started changing. And I started speaking with some friends and friends in the industry. Willie and I, you know, Willie and I have been friends for ages, very good friends. And we had talked about it. And um, then um, when um, he ended up leaving um, my father, no, I'm sorry, La Aurora and uh, Miami, I'm like, let's do it. Because we, we talked about this for years. And then Ben, um, I've, um, th what was neat about Ben, I got to know Ben Rosario, who's our COO. I got to know him because every time we're in Atlanta, we stay at MJ Smith's house. He's owner of Life and Times, and we would all just, you know, a bunch of us just staying at the house. Okay, he's got like three, um, uh, three floors, so you never knew who was at the house. Then everybody wakes up. Oh, hey, sit at the table. You want to drink? All right, let's start drinking, <laughs> and we just start talking. 
and you, you guys get to really know each other. I'm like, wow, I, li I like what he's got up in his head. And if I was going to do this, I had to bring on the right people. I just couldn't just whatever and wing it. It had to be people I knew, people I trusted. And those two guys, I mean, I, I, I trust them with my, my family. I mean, that's God's honest truth. You know, Willie's been, Willie's been there thick and thin. Okay. Ben, I've, I've known him a little bit, um, not as long, but I, I know I could tell personal business, whatever. I could speak to him and he's straight. I mean, we, it's just like, he's going to tell it to me straight and we're going to have honest talk. And I appreciate that. I like just straight, honest talk. Let me ask you a question. When you're in this mindset of not growing and, and, mm -hmm. and you know, keeping it small, were you getting, or did it bother you or did it annoy you? Or did you, when you would see guys, I mean, you've been in the business 20 years, but when you see guys who got in the business five years ago or eight, you know, eight years ago and have blown up and <clears throat> have grown and become extremely successful, yeah. extremely known. I mean, did, did you Hell not yeah. like, did you not say to yourself, it, it, why isn't that us? I, I'll tell you, and for me, and this is just for me, everything I've, for the most part, have done, okay, I had to fund myself, do myself. It was always scary not growing up with much, okay. Um, growing up in Carroll City, for me, uh, it wasn't a walk in the park. It, it was tough. So I never, I, I always promised myself I'd never go back, never go back to Carroll City. So it's, it's weird. I mean, I, I, I know it's weird. But I figure, you know what? Take care of my family, my responsibilities. But I guess I was just picking and choosing the responsibilities I wanted to uphold. And then one day it just hit me. I'm like, no. Okay. You're either all in in life or you're not. And I have to be all in. I have to be. So, and that's what changed. I remember going to my wife and I, and, and I told her. And what a breath of fresh air, especially when it comes for your wife. Did you that, meet her? You've did met, you meet her at Liberty University? No, no. I, I met my ex-wife at, at Liberty. I met Sophie down oh. here at a bar, <laughs> um, New Year's Day several years ago. But um, I went to Sophie, and you've met Sophie. You guys, yes, met I Sophie have. Or yes, we did. And I go to her and I say, "Mama, well, well, I'm telling you guys, this is what I think we have to do, and I have to do it." Uh, I had to do it for me. It was first, first and foremost for me and the company. And she looked at me, and I swear pretty much what she said was, then what are you waiting for? I've been waiting for you to say something. <laughs> and um, she knows me very well. But that's that was all I needed to hear. So never look back. It is, it is scary at times, and you're growing. You've got to keep up with what you were talking about, Abe, about you know, keeping up the quality. You know, And yeah. I think that was one, also one of my biggest fears. But isn't it interesting, we, all those tribulations we go through, we go through you know, I don't care what it is in life. It's, we, we quickly forget. Okay? But you, you've got to. Uh, I think we're resilient enough. We'll find a way, as long as we really don't screw the pooch. But you'll find a way. So – Oh, that's so. That's how it happened, and uh, never looked back. So the the hiring and going out there and being all in, and, and and now I have to be all in. Well, while we're here, we got you on. Why don't you tell our fans a little bit about your lines? Now I'm smoking the Arizona 305. Cool. Right. Now, yep, the 305. That was my first cigar that ever uh, that I had ever made. How'd you come um, up with the name? Interesting. No, I'm kidding. I love money. 
I am kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the love I have. You know, when I went going up to Lynchburg, Virginia for college, <laughs> a lot of small town folks, you know, I mean, everybody is just really docile. Really chill folk. And remember, Lynchburg is all, uh, Liberty University is also an evangelical college. So I was probably, yeah, I was, especially in 1993, I was, yeah, definitely a fish in another pond, so to speak. Yeah, it's the, it's always, the evangelical college. I mean, it's, it's yep. the one, like the big one. Yep. And, and a beautiful campus, too. Okay. I'll be up at homecoming in a month. Oh, that place rocks. But anyway, I always had that chip on my shoulder. So I was never able to, you know, there was never this transition of, um, hey, look, because I got married in college or right, at, right after college, and the whole thing or whatever. And that chip was always there because these folks. <laughs> um, so the 305. Now, if I were to go back and do it again, I would never come in. Not, not that line because it was a Maduro. <laughs> Don't like, what are you thinking? But it worked for us, okay. It was a time where uh, where uh, people wanted more flavor, more of the cigar, uh, a more robust cigar. So I guess maybe it, it was dumb luck on my part. But that one right there that you're smoking, Abe, that's um, got a San Andreas wrapper with um, an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan filler. I'd say depend on your palate. That was like an intro to Stairway to Heaven to get to the cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, it was close but people really enjoyed it now i was ignorant at the time so you know still learning you know where, where do i fit or how do i fit my blends and all so i didn't think anything about it being a maduro all i cared about was it sold it's actually a very tasty cigar i ain't gonna lie thank you yeah that one's made so by papito so <sighs> What zip code is this one? What area code now is that's it? Not zip code. That's that actually has to do with uh, area government code. contracting. Government oh. contracting. Would it be a utility um, contract? No, no. Well, oh. um, I guess a contract to protect people and uh, well, <laughs> wax people off if they come after the people you're protecting or the interest you're protecting. Um, well, one of my partner. Uh, so my partner, um, Mario Caraballo. That's why it's Caraballo cigars. He um, and he still does. Um, I call him the spooky dude because with the security clearances and all that, he was telling me a story one day when he retired, we're, we're both, we were both in the military and he's telling me about how, when he got out, he got a con, he was getting his first contract and they offered him 828. Well, they asked him, what, what, what would your per diem be? And he says, $828. And I looked at him, I'm like, you lost your mind, dude. I'm not taking $828 a day from my life for anything for anything and it just stuck because i started thinking 828 dollars he's traveling the world though doing his thing and you know he's he's still making a chunk of change and it's stuck and that's why on the vitolas on the 828 you see that all the vitolas are named after currencies or terms of currencies from all over the world okay or movies the shekel pocket change for the petite corona um, a fistful of dollars after the Clint Eastwood <laughs> movie, FFOD. Okay. It, everything has a story on our line. But mind you, it's not, it's not just, a, it's not just a, a story just to come up with it. They're real stories, and for me, they have to match cigars. I, I almost and look you at have, it like you're writing a book. Of the, 
speaking of the cigars too, I mean, you do seasonal cigars too, right? Because for Halloween, seasonals. you have the mm -hmm. uh, La Bruja <laughs> broomstick. Is that right? Yep. That that we just started um shipping those out last week, La Bruja broomstick. And for Christmas, even though we're already shipping those out also, is the Misfit Toys. And both, both projects, I'd always want to do uh, like holiday stuff like this. La Bruja broomstick. I saw it just, I'm just going, driving around, and I saw a silhouette of a witch and a cauldron, okay, on, on a, in the, um, somebody's lawn. I ended up finding that same witch over at Lowe's. They're selling the silhouette, you know, just the metal, you know, right. stake in the ground. And I'm like, that would be cool. Her in the center of the, the O of the Arizona, cooking my bird, okay, with the eagle. <laughs> like, and that's why the now eagle. Now, they both. Both of those seasonal ones are are uh, barber poles, right? Both of them are barber poles. Uh, one, what? Well, one's the the abano with uh, um, the abano maduro with a natural, and the other one is um, more more abano with just a little bit an accent of candela. Okay, so the, the right because the because the, the the Halloween one is three wrappers, right? It's candela maduro in Connecticut. Or am I wrong? No, no, it's two. We end up changing. We ended up changing okay. it last minute. We end up changing it in the last minute, and so now Paul, it's just two. We're Paul, stop asking the hard questions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> Tell us about this one here, the Gorilla 30. This is now right. is, this, is this an extension of the 305. It is an extension uh, in a, in a roundabout way. It is so several years ago. Now going on, I believe, now, roughly about nine years, nine ten years. Well, so Logan's getting ready for the draft. Logan's my son. Um, he's getting ready for the draft. We're down in Mobile, Alabama. I get a phone call from Caldwell. Hey, bro, I want you to come down to DR with me. No, man, I, I'm really busy. Family, the whole thing. This is family time. This is really important. I'm, I'm over here sitting down with agents, getting to <laughs> know who these folks are. You're not going to screw up my son. And um, he goes, about these words, look, motherfucker. You're coming with me. <laughs> so my mom's in the room. He goes, get your plane ticket now. My mom's in the room. I left my wallet upstairs at, in the hotel. I think we're in the Marriott or Sheridan, whatever. Asked my mom for her credit card. Sure, sure. Here you go. Buy the ticket. We go down. Tony Bottles on that trip. A few other folks. And I meet the Ventura family. So Tabacalera William Ventura. And probably in the day and a half in, I looked at Robert and said, I'm in. I like this family. I, I really want to work with this family. They're, they're really cool, knowledgeable, and just easygoing. Okay? I like what they're doing. And that's what happened. So that Gorilla 305, when we started, it had a different blend. And um, it, it was more estate coming from, you know, the the rappers coming from small little farm, uh, or Carbonell there. But he stopped making it, so we had to reblend that. And probably about now, two years ago. And it was always a complex cigar, so trying to keep that flavor profile. We were trying to blend it, and, and we, we just couldn't do it. We just couldn't figure it out. Weber comes over from uh, Weber Ventura, um, uh, William's son, um, and brother of um, Henderson, who of Henderson, and also he has a line ADV, yeah, Ventura. He comes over, figures out the blend almost to a T, different tobaccos. 
but almost to a T. He made it a little bit more complex, and he figured it out. And it was removing Lee Heddle, adding connected raw leaf. He explained to me, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? And he goes, because you, <laughs> I like it, because you were thinking lazy. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. I Henderson's a real Henderson's a real talented young man. I tell you what, he we're is. very impressed with him. And um, uh, you know, we just recently bought in his line, the AD, ADV cigars, and um, we've been very impressed with him. And actually, a great guy to work with. So very exciting mm -hmm. stuff. But uh, we gotta get ready to take a break. A lot of exciting what? things in hour number two of KMA Talk Radio. Of the most exciting is season three of Tale of the Tape. That would be three, Alex. No, it's still season two. We have one oh, more. We have to do number is, one. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I saw them working on the promo. That's why I was in yeah, my we're head. Gonna tease. We're, we're going to tease season three. Uh, okay, we're going to tease season yeah, three. But it's okay. number one of season two today. Months. Yes, it's the end of season two yes. of Tale of the yes. Tape. I saw them working on the promo. That's how tired I am. I'm thinking Coop is shaking starting. his head. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, a real teaser, Coop. It's reveal. It's a reveal. It's like saying the 17th surgery and it's the 1600s. Yeah. We, we got, uh, we got <laughs> uh, As the Record Spins with Avo. And, of course, we have, uh, oh, man, I am really tired. The Scoop with Coop after this. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. With Athedis rich in profound history, it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after Mr. Henry Clay. Receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Hey, babe. Yeah? I'm almost out of wine, and I want to order some online. Where should I order from this time? KMAWines.com, of course. KMAWines.com? What's that? What's that? What's that? Hold on a second. Let me show you. You see, KMA has teamed up with Bonner Fine Wines to offer KMA listeners a fantastic deal on a Malbec three-wine sampler. You see, here is their famous Malbec grown at an altitude of 8,950 feet. Three wines from the edge of the world. An old French Malbec variety no longer found in Europe. These three wines, 200 years in the making, yours, KMA listeners, for 53% off. Normally $130, but like I said, KMA listeners get 53% off. That makes it $69.99. So what do you think? I think we should order. I agree. And done. Not only can this guy not make a commercial, at least we had a good one. I know, but he can't even rotate them. He's played on the same commercial. <laughs> you get mad when three, I rotate three weeks in a row. 
I was going to play my shower scene, but no, the original. You had plenty of commercials. Pick one of your rubber ducky ones or the bedtime one. Rubber ducky. Or anything. You're the one. He really is the one, man. What is the matter with you? I don't know, but at this point, it's kind of like, I don't know. Are, are you just I'm, I'm, are you reveling in the patheticness that you don't want to rise to the occasion? You just want to stay and keep the joke going about how sad as it is? the producer as the producer, it actually makes for a conversation in the show, I think. Uh, <laughs> it gives us something to talk about. People people go into the break and they're like, let's see what this asshole does this week. And that's, that's the case. <laughs> that's the case you're holding on to? That's the case you're making? Uh, sure. Hey, can you dance over there off the camera? Thank you. <laughs> I see a shoulder in the background. Today? Yeah, I got Asher. I see a shoulder in the background. He's back there doing this shit. I I saw I saw <laughs> Petra for a second, like pop in to your desk to grab oh, something and pop, yes. pop back out. Yes. Hey, wait! I want to just bring something up while we're talking about her, and then we'll get to Avo. How is the guitar that our friend Alan Goldfarb gifted to her? Paul has a question for you. Would you like to come on the radio? Me? Yes. Yeah, put the headset on. She's doing her math homework. Algebra. Ah. Hi. First of all, first of all, I love your shirt. That's oh, thank awesome. you. Thank you. Second of all, so when we were driving back from Tampa and Alan told your dad about the guitar and he said he was going to give you a Fender Stratocaster, we all looked, I would just, I lost it. I was so excited. How is the guitar? Um, It's really good when I get to play it. Are you but, learning it? Like, is it, is uh, it a challenge? I'm learning you? it. It's not, I mean, it's a slight challenge, but not really anything too drastic. She was playing Nirvana. Like, that really? Day. Yeah, she was teaching me Nirvana that day. Yeah, it's, it was actually going really good. I just have to learn, like, the chords because yep. I, I know how they're supposed to sound. I just have to learn, like, the placement for the guitar because I learned chords on the piano. But now I just I need to know, like, the different. fingering for them. But yep. um, it's going really good. I just don't get to play it as much as I'd like to because I still have to practice violin for Dreyfus and then homework and, like, <laughs> practice. So I don't have, like, much time. But when I do have the time, it's really good. So I'm excited. All right. Well, good to hear. I was excited for you. That, yes. that was awesome. Thank you. It's a perfect guitar to start with. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. Like, I like the way – like, it just – I don't know. It's it's a nice thing to add to my – um portfolio yeah your collection your portfolio. my collection <laughs> my collection of musical interests so all right well, oh good. people I'm watching this yeah people are watching oh i thought right, we were like math. okay go do your math <laughs> thank <homework>. you okay <laughs> <laughs> she was she was she was actually teaching me nirvana the other day that's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. In fact, she uh, knows she knows the notes for the chord. She just has to learn the fingering on the guitar because it's a completely well. It might be more similar to the vi to the violin, but um, not not the same at all. Some of the movement of the fingers is. I mean, that that's a little bit yeah. easier for her. Um, but uh, yeah, I was already talking with Alan Goldfarb. We're gonna see if we can maybe plan something where she does a little guitar at the Great Smoke on the virtual side. Gonna, that was yeah, yeah, be yeah. The next question. Yeah. See, see, see awesome. if she she breaks out in a guitar. So they're they're working on it. So that should be fun Good for her. Um, Good for her. Oh, Eddie's still here. Sorry, I forgot you, Eddie. I didn't mean to not put you in. What a okay. That's what right. a producer. Well, Eddie, 
Hump, Eddie, we have, we, have, <laughs> we have a segment called As the Record Spins. It's uh, by our good friends over at Avo Cigars. And our good friend Eddie Guerra has a question specifically just for you this week. Go, Eddie. This is this is what our friend Eddie Gear wanted to ask you. If you had one car that you had to drive for the rest of your life, and you know money wasn't an, uh, an object problem, what car would it be, and why? Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. That's it. Really? Always. Till the That's day I die. I've, I've been. Any car you could have. Any car. Of course, I'd put. I'd get the V8 now, but that's a different story. Of course. Um, I'll tell you why. So remember, I told I told you I grew up, didn't have much and all, and I still see it today. Maybe it's just in the back of my mind. I will pull up to a Ferrari, a Honda, whatever. Everybody's always looking at that Jeep Wrangler. It is so Americana. Everybody know it, 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 it. There's an attitude to it. There's a there's a personality, lifestyle. I've always appreciated that. Always appreciated that. Something about Jeep Wrangler, and I could go anywhere. There's, if if you guys have ever been a Jeep Wrangler, just put the top down. You're in the middle of, you're heading to Sturgis, a cross country trip, in that Jeep. <laughs> doors are off, everything's off. I got, I've got the best panoramic view in the world. It's just very liberating. I just, thought, I think, okay, I think it's one week, of Eddie Garrett's better questions, actually. Yep. Kind of says something about I, somebody. It's, not, it's technically not his question, actually. I had to alter it. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I just got off the road two weeks in that Jeep. I put it on the train in Sanford. I, I just didn't want to drive up to D.C. So I put it on the train in Sanford. The first event, as soon as I got off the train that evening, started driving. Down to, down to Portsmouth, Virginia, cut across uh, Lynchburg, went up to Canton, Ohio to do a huge event, then went up to Lean House Flying Cigars to do this 9-11 event there. Drove all the way back down to Lynchburg, hit the Bristol, awesome little city. Then I started going down, going down to Chattanooga, 75, stopped in Atlanta for um, two days, kicked it with some friends, shops and all that, drove all the way down, got back, what, a day and a half ago. I was fun and all in the Jeep. And everybody's always looking at me like, you're crazy. My like, guys, this is fun. Paul, <laughs> this what, is so much fun. Paul, what would your car be? Well, first, I just want to say I, I used to have a, a, a friend and, a, and kind of like a business associate that was very wealthy. He was, a, he was a broker and he retired and lived in like a $10 million house in Lloyd Harbor on the Gold Coast of Long Island. And it's funny that you say that because this guy could have any car in the world that he wanted. Any car in the world. His wife, you know, drove big fancy cars and they, they had a few cars for their kids. But he drove like a 2000, I think it was a 2002 Jeep Wrangler Sahara edition. And I used to say to him all the time, like, you could be driving in a, in a Rolls, a Bentley, a, a sports car, like a Maserati. Like what you could pick any car in the world. It won't hurt the bank. He said he just he's the same thing. He fell in love with that Jeep like mentality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For me, I mean, 
I'm a car guy, but not like I'm not like a, a I'm not like a Matt Booth car guy. Like I like yeah. I like all the new <laughs> stuff. In we're gonna call cars. this we're gonna call this the KMA Stairway to Heaven episode. Answer the damn question. No, I, Holy I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I, uh, I I've always really loved Rolls Royces, but I guess yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be driving. Shocker. I'd be driven in it. Shocker. But I've always loved Rolls Royces. Guys, that SUV Rolls. I saw one the other day at the mall in um in um Georgia, over in Buckhead. And I got to tell you, I was like, wow, this is a pretty vehicle. The only thing is I was shocked at the size. It, I, you know, a, a regular Rolls looks so huge, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So small. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say, but the new Jeep. That's kind of Stephanie's reaction. Mm-hmm. So small. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Moving on, Alex. I don't know, you? man. I'm not really a car guy. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm really not a car guy. I, I, listen, if, if I, I've always been enamored with classic cars. Like, so I was gonna mm-hmm. do a car. Like, if I was gonna like say, oh, I really wanted a car, do a car. Like, like the '65 uh, Continental, like the Suicide Doors from Entourage. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I love that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. But I tell you what, man. The only, and I, I'm, I just always assume at this point I'm pretty much probably going to be a Cadillac guy for the rest of my life. But, man, I saw that commercial for that electric Hummer, and that thing looks awesome. That's the first car I think I've ever saw that I said, wow. I actually kind of got a little excited about it. Just for shits and giggles, I put my name on the waiting list. Um, but, I, oh, yeah, when it came out. But, you know. You and, I, our, you and our friend Jeff Borschwitz. But at this rate, at, at this rate, probably won't come out for another five years because they can't even make regular cars right now. But um, that was that was the first car I ever saw, and I, I don't know if it's the car itself or the genius marketing and the advertising because the ad mm-hmm. the ad for that car was like badass. So, yeah. but I mean, I got I actually just specifically put my name on a waiting list to see just what it comes out at. But uh, I just got excited when I saw it, man. It was. Kind of I cool. would love a classic car like you, but like with all the modern features. You know, like, <laughs> then then you don't have a classic car. You take away. I know the, the outside though, like the look of a '57 Chevy is great, but I want like the lane keeping assist Paul, and blind Paul, spot monitoring. Paul's the kind of guy that wants Come to go. Insurance. Paul's the kind of guy that wants to go glamping instead of camping. Like he wants the butler <laughs> and the and the toilet bowl and shower in the tent. <laughs> you know, so when Logan, you know, funny you mentioned about cars and me just liking it, and you had asked, hold up, anything? So when Logan gets drafted, his big bonus, the whole bit, right? He goes, hey, look, I was thinking, if I get you and mom car, so if I get mama car and her, her car, you got deep voicing. He goes, what, what do you want? And I go, Logan, just get me a Jeep. And he looked at me, really, really? That's all you want? Not a Lexus, not a Mercedes. I'm like, no, I hate Mercedes. Just give me a Jeep. <laughs> for I those that don't know, Logan, his yeah. son is is in the NFL. He plays for Washington. Boom. But Look really, at that. yeah. Nice. He's, he's having a good season already. Look, I mean, does, does, a good does, season. Does he get you tickets to the games? Dude, let me tell you. I don't even have time to go to the games, but. I learned his first two years, forget it. Though, oh my gosh, it, it's a it's more than a full time job. Here they every week, and you're trying, you're trying to be a good hand. You, you're trying to make the games, and then you realize tickets are four, six, seven hundred dollars, and you're like, this is stupid. Okay, screw this. We're good. And then of course he comes back on 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 chartered planes. Okay, with team, we're waiting right there in Denver waiting storm comes okay all right 
here we go, a day and a half later. I'm like, no, that's a lot of work. So if he comes to Atlanta, Jacksonville, Tampa, or Miami, I'll go to the games if I'm traveling. I try. I wanted to make the 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 the, the season opener um, this this past weekend, but um, couldn't. So I was not just on the road. He's got a job. Well, I got a job. Benefit, and, you could always watch it on TV. I mean, and I did. You know, Don, <laughs> so I was still in Atlanta, and Don Williams, AJ Fernandez from the Southeast. I get a text because I'm leaving Atlanta late, and he goes, "I see a text." You're gonna miss the game. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm like, no, I've got NFL game day pass. I just listen to it uh, while I'm driving. But in college, okay, Abe, you, you know it's interesting. You said, and you didn't. You remember the growth and all of Taylor and the cigars. Um, the one thing, and, and this is not. I love it. I have no regrets about this. I was, I was able to make. That was another thing. I wanted to make all of Logan's games in college. And I only missed two, the Wake Forest game and the Georgia Tech game. Oh, wow. And both of them were due to events. That the, the Wake Forest game is when he called his first touchdown at Virginia Tech. And everybody said, I'm getting texts. Everybody's just going crazy. Hey, Logan called a touchdown. And it's funny because he was quarterback, but I guess they put him in as an H-back to do this play. And then um, the Georgia Tech game, because I, I had promised um, Dave in um, Knoxville, Tennessee, we had already had a, a, a an event scheduled almost a year in advance. Virginia Tech changed the schedule with because the, the TV a Thursday night game, and so he put a he put a big old television right there <laughs> in the middle of the shop outside the lounge so I could watch it. And so those were the only two games I missed of of loads in um while he was in college at Virginia Tech. But um, wow. is it you know you support your kids, kids a kid doesn't matter what they do, and so well yeah, I'm proud of them. Great. Proud of my kids. It- it's that time to bring on the guy who actually probably contributes the most to KMA Talk Radio, the <laughs> the scoop with Coop. Let's see what. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop, breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. A man who needs no introduction here once again, Mr. William Cooper Coop. Welcome to KMA. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Eddie. Coop. Good morning, up, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Coop, what do you have for us? I hope you have a lot of news. What do you we have? Do. We do. And we actually do this week. This was a very, very busy news week. Um, I'm going to kick it off because there was some news that broke overnight. Hey, Coop, and, do me a yeah. favor. Yeah, take your monitor. I, I keep telling Paul to tell it to tilt it down a little bit so the red banner is not across your face. Okay, get your head a little higher in the screen if you can. Okay, he's got to like stand up to do it. There you oh, go. There you go. Nah, there, you go. Nah, nah, there you go. Now we can see it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Much better. Thank you, guys. All right. So there was some news that broke overnight, and if you're if you kind of work on the media end of things, are you going to talk about Franz Blah? What? Oh, that that came out overnight. I didn't hear nothing about it. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. interrupting. No, no. Um. So there's a um there's a website um called Ministry of Cigars. You might not have heard mm-hmm. of it, but Ministry of Cigars is a website that served, I'd say, the international community in terms of cigar news and and cigar content. Not necessarily with a Cuban slant, but with a more of a non-Cuban slant in a lot of ways. Um, the site was shut down. 
and the, the site was shut down and it's kind of a concerning thing why this site was shut down um the the guy who owns the site his name is ferdinand pete um he's based in singapore and what happened was um i guess there were some agents that came by um from like the ministry of health or whatever and they basically said hey you're doing uh, illegal uh advertising on your website and he's like i'm not doing advertising and he's like and they're like yeah, yes you are and i guess there were some hearings that were held afterwards and it was determined that basically any type of content he was putting on his website was being classified as advertising so if he put like a, a cigar review up if he reported on a cigar if he put a picture of a cigar if he wished someone happy birthday in the cigar industry which which is, his site was known to do that that was all considered advertising and basically, they are telling him he's got to shut the site down. He's got to shut his social media content down. And he may be getting a substantial fine on top of all this. Wow. So, yeah. So, what? yeah. So, you know, we're looking at this. And, you know, guys like us in the media are like, well, you never know where next could happen in other countries. Mm -hmm. So, and how they make this advertising definition right now. So, it's kind wow. of, a, of a big story for a lot of us. And, like I said, it was pretty shocking when I saw this last night come up. I didn't hear about that at all. This was very late. This was probably like after 1 a.m. is when I found out. Yeah, about 2 something in the morning. He, yeah. he tagged us in it. And I was like, Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. Where's no me? That's time to move. You know, you know, <laughs> Coop, what I was wondering, is. I wanted to post it, but I know Ferdinand isn't. You know, Ferdinand a little bit that he, he's not, he, he's not a, um, combative person and that's okay right right but right, um yep. if it was me i'm over here thinking you know what i would have done i would have written the articles sent them to somebody abroad okay and let them publish it from outside and have the site registered from outside so he said basically he looked at registering the site outside right um mm -hmm. and i guess that would violate the law as well now i don't well, know if as him as a singapore as it, with him living there but if yeah. somebody, if they're writing it and he's saying, here you go, and he's contributing out there, well, they can do whatever they want in their jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. The Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's probably one. I, cause I said, you know what? If I ever had like an open slot on Coop, I'm like, yeah, he, yeah, he can certainly contribute. But now he's, kind of, now he's kind of under the radar, basically. I'm for, pretty yeah, sure the yeah. Singapore government will interpret their law any pretty, pretty much any way they want to. Right. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, they'll... they'll it's however they interpret it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony is, I guess his Facebook post and Eddie, you may have saw this too, kind of said someone got ratted him out. Like for whatever reason, they, they yeah. kind of put the government on to him. Yeah. That really, that, that burned me up right there, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fernand's a good guy. I've known him for a while. I've gotten to know him for a while. Um, and like I said, he, he definitely had his following outside the U S like his site was very, very unique. Like, if you wanted to know a cigar that was going being released for Belgium or something like that, you know, Ferdinand was the site you went to. So he was building a very nice following. And, and this is a big loss, I think, for the industry to have, have a you, site like that going there. Have you had a chance to talk with him, Coop? Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm, yeah. See if you can find stuff out. I mean, I, at this point, I'm, I'm wondering if he's contemplating just leaving the country. He's got um, – he does work in the industry. He's on mm. the uh, uh, wholesale and in, importing distribution. So he does have a job in the industry. He's not going to be totally out of it. Right. Um, but as far as like his days of cigar media, they're, they're probably over. I don't think he's planning on – I'm going to talk to him. I don't think he's planning on leaving the country. He's also originally from Europe. 
He's not a, a native of Singapore. Really? With yeah. a name like Fer, uh, Ferdinand Pete, I would have never guessed. No, yeah. <laughs> he's from the, ne- the Netherlands. Yeah, he's from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got going on, Coop? Um, so if you've been waiting for Ferry Otago to get some cigars into the market, um, they're shipping their first two releases. They're actually, it's not the Ferry Otago Limiteds that are shipping first. It's going to be two of the former brands under the Nat Sherman line, which are the Timeless Sterling and the Timeless Prestige. So those two cigars are, are making it back to market. And now Ferry Otago has got some stuff, uh, on the shelves right now. So that's a uh, good news. If you are Mikey. Yep, you are Mikey. Fans of that. yep. So it's gotta be a big, big step for Mike. Uh, I know he's been waiting for a while to, uh-huh. you know, obviously get something into the market. So, so now he's got something there and then they're and starting he, to move forward. And he graciously changed the packaging slightly. So now all of my old packaging doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love retail. So <laughs> is the case, right? What else right. you got going on? Coach? All right. So uh, Drew Estate this week, they were hyping their big live stream on Thursday. Um, they've been doing these quarterly live streams, and they get the whole gang at Drew Estate. Um, they did drop a, uh, a product announcement on Thursday, and that is um, they have a new size to their leather rose line. It's a Petite Corona, and it measures 4 by 43 and uh, Leather Rose is part of that Deadwood series, which really has taken off for Drew Estate um, as far as, um, you know, those types of cigars. I remember those were originally uh, exclusives for South Carolina, but um, they um, now really have kind of taken a life of their own. And um, we expect to see that uh, in October, we should start seeing those Petit Coronas hit just in time for the winter months. Yeah, that Deadwood tobacco has really blown up in the last uh three years i mean yeah, four really years have. just gotten out there and uh um very interesting how that whole thing developed uh but uh we we we're, we got brought in like the whole line for the warehouse so we're kind of excited to put it out there when we're ready to open um probably probably one of the top news stories i ever wrote on coop like like got that got traffic wise was when they made deadwood cigar deadwood tobacco go national it, it, those Deadwood, they get a following. People are searching for them, and they they want to read about it. So it does get a lot of traffic. That brand, yeah. Uh, so that's like I said. Um, whether you're a Leather Rose or a Deadwood fan or not, it's it, it's a big line uh, in in the market right now. And I see I see it continuing to grow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they. Uh, I mean, last year, they, last year they Leather Rose became the fourth blend under that line. It was released in a torpedo last year, so this is the second size. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, the retailers I know are turning that cigar very quickly. Oh, faster than they can ship it. Let's put it yep, that way. Yep. Yep. What else you got going on, Coop? Um, this one, probably everyone heard this week, uh, more of an, I'll, I'll put more as a reminder because I think everyone saw it. So I think everyone saw that there is the, uh, build back, Be- build back better act being thrown around in Congress Ooh. right now. Um, it's this human infrastructure plan, um, that basically is part of uh, Biden's agenda, President Biden's agenda. Um, and basically, there's a whole bunch of things in this infrastructure plan that have to be paid for. So uh, the politician in Washington came up with a brilliant idea. They said, hey, let's tax this. Let's tax tobacco. Right. And we can raise ninety six billion dollars. So there is uh, 
there is language in there that will have some significant tax increase proposals. Um, the one that I think is being noted is a thousand percent tax increase on premium cigars and 2100 2100% tax increase on pipe tobacco. So, 21. I mean listen, who comes up with these numbers? 2100. You know, any time out there someone bitches about somebody smoking, we just remind them that all your freaking infrastructure is built on taxation <laughs> on our product. Awesome. All yeah. I can say is thank God for Joe Manchin. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean the, the bill's not going to pass most likely. It's looking like this 3.5 trillion dollar bill and uh you know that's the one key democrat who just says no way we're not spending yeah. that kind of money so yep yeah he's actually been one uh like i said he's one that we've been able to count on right. so yeah that's going so, on so yeah. basically he's a legitimate guy who hasn't been part of the slush fund yet <laughs> that's pretty much what it comes down to yeah. i mean you know he's Same the one guy, guy saying look you know 3.5 ain't it there's no way i'm not signing on for a 3.5 pragmatism from that senator I'll, I'll take it what else you got coop um okay last, last thing just to know is um Ligoria cubana has another release coming out um that is one of the brands that used to be under general it's now under ford uh, a ford cigar company uh the cigars called criollo del criollo de oro um and what that is it's a say uh, that three times fast absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yo yo de oro <laughs> but i'm not gonna say it fast um so that's gonna be a limited release coming from uh ford's the uh, what folks may want to know is it's it's uh the wrapper is a hybrid wrapper of criollo um and pelo de oro and um that's gonna start hitting the stores next month and you'll be able to get it in a churchill size and a church uh, a churchill size and a toro size so um stay tuned for that I'm actually a little bit disappointed, Coop. I was waiting for this. There actually, there's two big news stories, which I thought you'd cover, but you didn't, so I'm going to have to bring them up. Okay. One one we should acknowledge, and one I want to talk about. Yep. Um, I, you may have not heard. I, I saw it on the car ride home last night. I was a little bit shocked, but um, Robert Franz Blah passed away last night. So, so I didn't know that. Morning. I, yeah, I did not know morning. that. No, I'm going to be honest. I did not know that. When, when you were talking about something happening yeah. yesterday, I thought you were going to bring that up. Not yeah. to cigars, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert took over Thompson Cigar, which was a failing cigar company in the 60s, I believe, was really the first mail order guy in this business. Um, 93 years old. He passed away in his home in Tampa yesterday oh, morning, wow. man. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times in the industry. Um, literally ran one of the biggest mail order companies in the country. Yeah. Very well known, and uh, yeah, he finally passed away at the ripe old age of ninety three, at least. So I'm looking at this um, right now. Um, yeah, if the aficionado had this, yeah. So I did not have this, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, wow, that's a that's a big that's a big story. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, these, you know, he sold the company and he, he was yeah. out. But I mean, a huge contributor to you know what forged the way of the cigar industry and a big, you know, a, a definite uh, icon. Yeah, of our industry. Yeah, so. You know, we uh, our, our sympathies to the family, and uh, obviously, it's, it's it's a huge loss. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for telling me that. The other thing, which I think we can all have an open debate about, is the La Aurora news story. That wasn't news. That's been out for months. That story. I heard about it. I heard yeah. about it just just when they made the yeah. press release. 
Yeah, the one I didn't get, by the way. Thank, I want to thank everyone. I did not get that pressure. <laughs> Is that why you didn't bring it up? Was it a no, uh, no, actually, actually, no, that's not. Um, the story's been out there pretty. I mean, the site's been out there for months. I've been talking to people about it. So I wish I wish I had known before the trade show. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. So, you know, let's talk about that. So um for folks who don't what know What is the news? I don't I, well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, so La Aurora uh, a few months ago set up a uh, a B2C site. And what that means is um as a consumer, you can just order cigars directly from La Aurora. Oh. so La Aurora Miami Cigars announced at some point last year that they would no longer be doing distribution for La that's Aurora not true. Well, that's not true. No, that's not true. They're still distributing. They're still Hold on. But there was an announcement that they yeah, were there was an announcement that uh, I got the letterhead. Maybe they didn't publicly make the announcement, but that La Aurora was going to be leaving Miami Cigar Company. That was definitely announced. I think we talked about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. It was announced. Listen to me. Whether it was announced nationally or whatever, but it, we, we, the internal memo went through. So we knew that La Aurora was leaving. We didn't know where. And this was supposed to be effective, I think, like last September. And then it never happened. October, something like that. And then it never happened, which we found very odd. And I guess they couldn't find a new distribution home. And then at some point this year, I guess they went to B2C. Now, as soon as I read the article, I called up my Miami Cigar people, and I, and I just you know I just placed a huge trade show order um, for the warehouse, and I'm sending back all my La Aurora product. And and it's it's really funny. I'm curious, and I really would have loved to have a couple other retailers on on the show to talk about this because. You know, everybody's saying, well, why would you do that? You know, so-and-so sells direct and so-and-so. I said, well, look, I mean, here's the reality of the situation, okay? I don't see I don't see a successful business model where I don't have a relationship with Altidus. And you have to remember, Altidus didn't start out, you know, they didn't make a decision to go, hey, we're going to sell directly to consumers. They acquired JR, right? And, you know, kind of same thing with General. And, you know, I can't see a successful business model without carrying Davidoff brands. Um, and, and Davidoff really does such a poor job, in my opinion, as far as anyway. I don't even consider them selling directly to the consumer. Um, but we don't need La Aurora. And, and if La Aurora, and, and it's not a spiteful move, but if they want to sell directly to consumers, by all means, go ahead. But as retailers, at some point, we need to... I, I can't just think as retailers we could just let these guys start doing this because otherwise, what are we around for? What are you having us around for? Right. If, that, if that's what you feel your model is, you want to become a, a retailer, which is what now La Aurora, in my opinion, has effectively become, become a retailer. So we're actually packing up all our stuff. We're going to send it back to them and let them sell directly to the consumers. Let, it, let them do what they want to do. There's no reason I need to build up or work up a brand or get a brand known or give it exposure for them to sell directly to the consumer. So that's do our they stance. see themselves as becoming direct competition to you when they do that? Like, does no, that not, they, they, they don't think about that. No, they, right. listen, they, they're, 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 they're European number crunchers. You know, they look at the margin, how much more margin they could make. They probably feel that they, they, they haven't had good representation from Miami. And this is just, now I'm just talking out of my ass. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that I know for fact. All right. Your, but, th your theory. Yeah, I, I I think that they feel they probably felt that they're not getting a good distribution deals are hard. I mean, the ones that have really endured, it's really amazing. I think like Drew Estate and Hoyo is probably oh, yeah. one of the best yeah. relationships I've ever seen work that way. But they're very hard because somebody always feels like they're not getting the fair 
representation, which I'm sure probably La Aurora did. And I, you know, I bet you that, that nobody was running, lining up to pick up that brand for distribution or work with them on a distribution deal. Mm -hmm. And they just figured, look, I mean, we could sell to good consumers and our margin becomes X amount more. It's just a simple out. So, so Abe, just to go a timeline thing, okay? Because back when, and, and, and Willie, Willie Morante mentioned who's working for Eddie right now. Willie Morante went over to La Aurora at the beginning of the year, and, and, and we had already known that this website was, this website was already out there. I think they were, or they were at least testing. We knew it was out there. And our assumption was that Willie Morante was going over there to basically be the ambassador for La Aurora so they had someone boots on the ground. And, and they were going to go to this model. And then obviously Willie's not there anymore. So, but they, but from what I understand, Abe, this site was not because they couldn't get distribution. This was a strategic move that was made a while ago. That they it made. It could be. Decision. Yeah, that's from what I understand. Yeah, but you even said it, Abe. You took a trade show it's... order from Miami for cigar, right? At at the Aurora order at the show. But if they sent you a letter months ago, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there was a letter sent months ago. They were still... No, no. Listen to me. The letter was sent last. Listen to me. You misunderstood me. Okay. There was an announcement made last year that Miami Cigar will no longer be the distributor of La Aurora cigars. Not that, that La Aurora is going to go online. Yeah. Not that, you know, they just said that as effective as this date, we will no longer be taking orders from they, La Aurora. I, I get down, Paul. We don't want his input. No, I think there's something incorrect about that, but but okay. No, there, no, no. I assure you, there's absolutely the nothing incorrect about okay. that because I had extensive conversations <clears throat> with Hector Paz once we I, I saw that letter. Okay, and I, I asked him if he, they knew who'd be doing it. They weren't sure yet, and then he even made suggestions of um, that you know things might still get worked out because because the date that we got because they're 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 basically informing us Coop, that we couldn't give them their order anymore for the La Aurora. So and then I us, they went back, and then I thought they went back and said, "We're taking orders." That's why I was wondering. Well, that, that's what I was telling you. Yeah, that date passed, and they were still taking orders for La Aurora. Right. So after you know, when my talks with them, they're like, "Well, you know, nothing's been finalized. You know, maybe things might still work out, but you know, there was nothing on the table." And then the next thing I see is the press release this week saying that that the way they're going to be Sundrag. That's all I gotta say. It's a blurred. It's a blurred. It's a blurred line. It's mm -hmm. a blurred line that has existed for many, many years. Right. And the, we have to deal with. And listen to the defensive general, to the defensive all to this, right? That while they do have a division of their business that sells directly to consumers, right, and would technically be my competition, these these companies also contribute a lot to me running my business. Right. So mm -hmm. they spend a lot of money and, 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 and do stuff that help me grow my business at the same token. La Aurora is kind of non-existent, you know, as far as... Um, it's not just their know, product the that they're selling on those websites. It's, they're still selling Listen, everything. it's a separate division that's been acquired, but at the end of the day, they right. own it and they're taking the competition, but, but there's still a benefit that, of working with mm -hmm. these guys other than having brands that consumers want. They actually help us as retailers and are very supportive to my business. So right. um, for La Aurora, it, you know, look, it's, it's a model that is very tempting, but I'm going to tell you something. If retailers, more retailers do like me, because th what they don't understand is the value of the advertising of that product being on retailers shelves and making mm -hmm. it, vibrant and tangible and seeing it and 
I think if more retailers do what I do and just say, look, I mean, look, I have no animosity, but you want to be in retail, here you go. Take your product back, go sell it to the consumers directly. Um, I think I think that would be the beginning of the end for that brand. As a former retailer, I like the perspective I get as a manufacturer now. Um, you guys, some of y'all seen Coop, you've seen, I always, you know, with our little logo, support your local tobacconist. I get more out of the ground game and not saying, you know, some of these folks, you know, they sell their stuff online and all that's great, but it'll always be that brick and mortar for me. But I'm speaking as a former tobacconist that had my own shop that there are some places that need it. There, there are a lot of places that need it. Yep. Well, um, that's, that's just me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna weigh in on, on that, even though if it was me, I, I, I just wouldn't, that's it. For me, that's so cringeworthy. Okay. Well, I just, that's because what, Abe, you're right. Why should I, you're asking, okay, all these folks invest in us, but guess what? <laughs> Back late. So as you said, it's um stuff, but yeah, brick and mortars. I mean, you got to, I, you got to. Coop, Coop, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a unprecedented like situation. I don't think there's ever been a company the size or the tenure of La Aurora that has decided to make a move like this. Uh Davidoff. Okay, true. Davidoff, you're right. Davidoff, but but Davidoff. the different but yeah, this okay. is probably but I yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Davidoff's a little bit blurred because they already had retail stores and the original web mm. their retail stores had a website yes. selling yes. their product. Yeah. And and like again, once I say Dav Davidoff Davidoff, as far as I'm concerned, they should just close their website down because it just makes them look bad and I can't believe it's worth their effort. Right, right. But this is, but you're right. You're looking at a company oldest. This is the oldest factory in the Dominican Republic. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, La Rosa is a brand that's had some very iconic cigars in the last 25 years as well. So, again, there's a lot of, it's not like this is a newer company. Like, there's some other companies that are newer that have done it, but not to, not to this level. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, so it's interesting it's interesting i don't know what this is you know how this is gonna i mean obviously we're already seeing some blowback on it. but yeah it was like the worst kept secret out there Abe. it's been going around for months that this thing was out there <laughs> i wish i knew before the trade show i didn't know <laughs> strategically well, 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 strategic. well, well here's the thing there was some confusion even with that because the products that la aurora brought to the trade show were like very limited products that they brought like these were like three hundred boxes of of these. Cigars. Listen, and, and they had a huge, down. they had a huge deal. I mean, no wonder, I wonder why they had such a nice deal to trade on, show on the on the core stuff. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, no wonder. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, it it uh, look. I, I hope I hope I hope other retailers are savvy enough to understand the ramifications of something like this. Because if you let this go unchecked and more and more of these, listen, forget about it. La Aurora is huge, right? But you know how attractive and practical this is for a lot of mid-level companies? Oh, this yeah. This model, right? And if you just let it go unchecked, you got you're, 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 you're digging your own grave. Yeah, you're, Very, gonna, you're, yeah. Digging, you're digging your own grave as far as being a, a, a retailer anymore. Very true. Hey, hey, that, hey, that real estate location that you have with them, you know what? I got you, bro. I got you. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy's like the guy next to Jesus on the cross at the right place at the right time. Right. Right. There you go. right. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, I, I, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I just don't think that retailers, a lot of them in our industry are really um, farsighted enough yep. to understand the depths of certain decisions and moves. And this isn't a small thing because you're not going to see certain companies go direct because they're doing well and there's no reason to rock the boat. But a lot of these guys who are mid-level, I mean, listen, if you're one of these guys, you know, whether you're a Skip Martin size or a Steve Socket size, whatever, and you're, and you're churning and you're burning and you're doing all this work and trying to get your market share and you fight, and then you look at, hey, look, these retailers <laughs> I sell to sell it for X dollars. Man, if I can make that kind of money and retain a certain X percentage of my business, you know, granted, he's got to start shipping and doing stuff, but they're doing that anyway to to retailers. It, it, it's a really bad scenario. So unless unless retailers are savvy enough to understand this and say, look, if you're going to sell directly, we just don't want to carry your product. This could become a bigger problem than people anticipate. But at the end of but at the end of the day, even if they companies do that, it's still a numbers game. Your numbers still end up. You still have to. I don't. You grow. I, I don't care how you look at it. I always look at things. It's a numbers game in anything you do. If they make this decision, eventually, will they be still be in the same position about now? They're selling. They're losing. You right. lose customers. But Eddie, it's, it's a no, lot no, of people you. don't. No, no, I get it. But a lot of people don't interpret oh, yeah. the numbers right because all they see yeah. is the number that says I make this much I a box see, instead right. of this much a box. They don't realize that hey, if my sales go from X to X, it doesn't matter. I'm making more box. We're gonna make a lot less money. See, that they don't have that. that vision yeah and that's the that's the thing for me it's a numbers game so i go out okay all these shops and, and, and i've got to be honest with you look at all the shops all across the country all these items okay it's a lot of shops okay internet now you have no representation nobody really out i mean on your marketing game i guess i don't know i'm not going to speak for them but it still comes down to a numbers game for me you're going to find yourself in the same place that you were trying to get away from now thinking you're saving money are you really mm. that's up for everybody to decide but i've always I'll be, seen is i'll be you know. i'll be interested to see what happens in two three years with that brand mm -hmm. all right so now it's time for basically the last episode of season two of tale of the tape the pro wrestler edition let's run it All right, here we go. Tale of the Tape Season 2, Top Wrestlers of All Time. Coming in at number one, the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, Ric Flair. And listen, I mean, Flair can make it on promos alone for me, honestly. He's still a guy today that if I see him on a commercial, I stop and I want to watch what he does. But uh, also, he's the guy that was, even to this day, is still putting younger wrestlers and guys on. Go ahead, Coop. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it's funny, we got to the same point. Rick Flair is number one on mine. Um, so we came different ways, but in the end, we got the same wrestler. Look, when you look at Flair's career from like 1981 to 1987, um, say we want wrestling being scripted or whatever, this guy was in some of the most iconic matches. Um, he was fighting these marathon long matches over an hour, um, right. which is unheard of today, right? Two out of three falls. 
unfortunately, the late part of his career was more was not as was stellar. But but that career in the '80s was enough to put him over the top. And then you mentioned the promos alone. Um, there, this is this is a guy who just like I said, he's people still love him. Look, when I moved to Charlotte, he had just retired. There was a billboard put on a highway from the city thanking him. Okay, right. Th- th- right. Th- this is how big he was. Right. Um. Right. So he's an icon in this city. Um. I've also been. I also have a friend who used to live in the same apartment building as him, which was kind of an really? interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I you, said, I mean, this is a guy I'll still, if I see him on a commercial, I'll, I'll stop and watch the commercial. I want to, you know, you, you will, you, you absolutely will. Um, but the guy could wrestle too. The guy could really wrestle. That was the other thing. Look at that. Oh, well, there you have it. So uh, season so, one, season two, we both, I we mean, both season one, thing. I think we went three, three, two, one. Yeah, same, but number but, one here again, same. Yeah, I think I think it'd be I think in this season it, it was a lot more harder to have come up maybe with number one being the same than it was boxers because boxers was a lot of technical boxers was a lot of technical data. This was a little bit more opinionated. So well, Coop, yeah. all right. So while we're here, we got a little bit of time, Coop. I we and I know everybody wants your explanation as to why Hogan isn't. Anywhere on your list. I was going to ask that myself. Yeah, a lot of people have mentioned it. Um, he wasn't a good wrestler. Um, it was his wrestling was more comic book. It was more. He was an awful wrestler. He, he he was more of a comic book character. Look, I understand what he did for the industry. If you want to say contributions for the industry, but I was still looking at wrestling. He was an right. awful, awful wrestler. I mean, that thing where he would be in trouble and then. They'd start hitting him, and he'd, he'd start rising up and, like, getting his strength back. I mean, come on. That is out of a comic book, okay? All right. All right. Um, and um, That's what made it great. My favorite's, like, when they, they got it, like, on his head, and then his arm would just slowly start. And then all of a sudden, he, he'd be able to stand up while the guy's hand was still on his head. Also, great. also, real quick address, and I feel like Coop probably feels the same way. To me, Andre the Giant was a sideshow. He was a sideshow, and then, you know, later in his career, they gave him – they gave him kind of that chance to have a belt, and, and they did it crappy. I mean, this whole idea of like him selling the belt was just stupid, right? right. You know, put the belt on him for a month or so if they, if they wanted to do that. It, it was always a sideshow with Andre the Giant. No Roddy Piper, you know. You know, Roddy, funny. Roddy funny Roddy 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 I mean, I don't know. The cost- funny, I don't know. Hey, Dan Marino guys- won a Super Bowl, and he's one of the best quarterbacks. I mean, come on. Fair. I, I I don't I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you know that uh, Rodney Piper and Ric Flair were very very close. They did, yeah, they did there the was show. A, they there did was that a show great, together. yeah, they did that wife shopping show. But yep. there was a documentary, um, <laughs> either on sixty minutes or probably Real Sports because my wife loves that show and makes me watch episodes, um, about how close they were, and it was really funny because Piper actually lived a very healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And was a very like tame guy, and he was always concerned about Rick because Rick was a party animal and still living like a yeah. rock star. And you know, ironically enough, you know, Rodney's a guy who passed away first. And um, and Rick's yeah, Rick's still here doing commercials. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they were yeah. anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rick. I'll tell you something. Rick. Rick does. I mean, he's very well known in Charlotte. He does like the party. Um, as far as him, you know, having all the money, that he wasn't smart with it. He froze. Tell him, tell him on that. Oh, he, he wasn't smart with his money. You were saying Coop, he, he, froze he wasn't there. smart with his money at all. 
You know, I'm just surprised I don't see like Macho Man and Mick Foley. And Ma- listen, here's my thing with Macho either. Man. Robin doesn't make top 10 lists. And, you know, he was just Robin the whole he COVID. Was Robin. I, he, he was Robin. And he really didn't have a great run as a champion. Hold on. What do you mean by Robin? Batman. I mean, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man was okay. like Batman and Robin. Okay, yeah. all right. You know, you can't, you Robin doesn't about? make the top 10 list. <laughs> what an analogy. You know, they, they, <laughs> there, was a point, there was a point where where the <laughs> WWF said, you're going to be the champion. Right. And he, didn't ca- he did not carry the promotion. And it, and it was two times they gave him that opportunity. And he couldn't carry the promotion like a Hulk. Like Hulk Hogan was able to carry the promotion. Like. <laughs> What's your so argument for Mick Foley not being on there? Um, I don't. He just close. You know, I, think there guys be- I think there were ten guys better than him. Yeah, if it was a twenty list, he's probably in there. He's on there. Yeah. What's your problem you know, with I don't the like shape? Huh? Who, I don't like guys who switch characters a lot either. So mm-hmm. I like like Ric Flair had his character his whole career. You know, Hogan maybe did one switch right, but I don't like the, Mick Foley had too many characters too. So it's always hard to tell. You know which which face of Mick Foley you were yeah. looking at. Ho- ho- <laughs> Hogan just did the evil thing, the good and evil thing. That was all that he happened. did. The, yeah, he, he did. He did that. Head. That was it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Did. Now I'm sure what everybody's been waiting for. All right. Next week starts season three of Tale of the Tape. Let's run a teaser of what season three is. Wait, hold on. Before we run it, oh, just tell them. No, no, no. Oh, don't we tell them. No, we have a whole. I'm just curious. I want to see some comments on what 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 you think we're covering. On season three of Tale of Tape, guys, let's see some comments here because it might give us some good ideas for season four, five, and six. <laughs> In a world, you gotta give it a minute. Best tag also, team wrestling. That that's a repeat, Charlie. Get yeah. out of here. Mm-hmm. Best tag team. Yeah, that's wrestling. not the same. That that's like best doubles tennis team. Who cares? I encourage guys <laughs> to put your list together for season three this week, so we can compare. Oh, there you go. NASCAR. NASCAR. I'm sure Alex knows a lot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, you know. <laughs> Football teams. <laughs> Doesn't matter what. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Football teams. Oh, yeah. Best stand-up comedians. That would be interesting. That, that would be a good one, yeah. I that would, would be a that. good one. That would be a good one. See, see, how, we, see how we fish for new ideas? Right. That's, that's awesome. I need that. Thank you, everyone. Yes. All right. Let's 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 run, run the it. teaser and see what it is. All right, here we go. Yeah, there you go. It's awesome. who, who, who leaked it to Alan Rubin? Because I saw his comment. Probably, I think we talked probably Alex him. in a whereby chat. There's no Alex, way Alan figured that no. out on a left field. No, no, no Alex, I think we, I, I think we, we played with it. <laughs> okay, Alex, if um, the Irish the shows up on that list, are you gonna flip? <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance Cooper put the Irishman on there. <laughs> Alan Rubin, that might have gave it away. For my background, record, like, I called it correctly. I called it. I had a friend who did a mob movie. <laughs> For the record, I got. I got to make another one of those avatars with him now. 
<laughs> I knew I knew they were gonna do Tale of the Tape season three. <laughs> All right, listen, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Eddie, well, thanks thank for coming you. on. Coop, as always, thank the again. best. Thank you guys. We hope you had a fun Saturday morning with us once again. Catch us next week as we have another first timer. We're pulling a lot of first timers off uh, out of our hats. Ram Rodriguez, president of El Artista Cigars. If you don't know this company, you will after next week. These guys are making some good products, and it should be a very interesting show. Until then, everybody, keep it lit.